it turns out she's psychic. The podcast. Spiritual musings. Sometimes amusing. I'm Tracy. And I'm Laura. Hello, wonderful dear listeners. You're listening to Turns Out She's Psychic. How is everyone going? <laughs> Hi, Tracy. Hi, Laura. We're going to. How are you? I, I'm good. We just mm-hmm. um, had, as usual, guys, our little rustle before we start recording. We've tried a couple of platforms. The usual way wasn't working because Audacity on Tracy's end has decided not to work on her computer. So. We're on just Zoom. randomly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not unusual for you, is it? But Mm-mm. and then the internet wouldn't work on my end yeah. again. But now it's working. Got the booster. Seems Got to be perfect. Different setting on the booster. It's it's great for us. So I don't think we've ever had it like this before. No, it's good. <laughs> so we've got to roll roll with this. <laughs> it's definitely not studio though. No, so sorry about the uh, substandard quality and sorry, producer Maddie, but it's what yes. we can do. <laughs> That's right. I think everyone's just used to it now and I'm so glad that everyone loves it because I listen to so many podcasts, as you know, and you do too, mm-hmm. but so many people bang on about quality and I totally get it and I totally mm-hmm. agree, oh, but I'm just yeah. totally thankful and grateful that our listeners they're like, yeah, whatever, as long as you girls are in my ear holes, I don't mind. Uh, <laughs> we're happy being there if you, have, if you let us there. No, no. <laughs> Consenting. And we have like a, f- yeah, we don't mind digging in there, but <laughs> we do have a proper recording studio at Matt and Laura's house. Yeah. And we don't if <laughs> there was a week where people weren't sick or oh, if I wasn't building companies if, and if, if you, if you weren't, weren't you, then there'd be no podcast. Changing policies. <laughs> We love you very much and we'll take you any which way we can get you, even if it's on a glitchy Zoom call. Aww. <laughs> I for everyone. But mm-hmm. we will get there and we will sort of, you know, one day find a recording schedule that we can stick to a little bit rather than screeching in on our asses the night before the release date. Oh, man, it wasn't planned this way. Well, no, we had best laid plans last time we recorded, but then on my end, the power... Uh, outlet wasn't working remember and then just we were that random outlet running she off thought she, for everything you thought you had a blackout and I then did. you realized yep. that it was just that powerpoint that your Literally. computer was plugged into the yep. lamp was working the lights working everything else was working it was just yep. that one powerpoint yeah and it was weird Oops, because sorry. I thought I was in a blackout like you said because I was in this little room with the door closed it's the spare room at the back of the house and with the door shut so it wasn't until and then I thought halfway through our um, recording I realized that everything was running off battery but I had enough for what we were recording but not for another one which would have been you know anyhow and then so I opened the door and looked out expecting darkness and everything else was on I was like what the fuck is happening anyway <laughs> And then I, I was rang surprised you. that Maya hadn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was surprised that Maya hadn't run in and said that was a blackout as well. Yeah. So it was just like, wow, Maya must be asleep or something because she was at home sick with you. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, well, you were just, at home sick with her. All of it. We've all been sick and we've all been at home, and I don't. I couldn't even mm-hmm. tell you who was sick when anymore. <laughs> but we're fun. finally going to get to see each other and have a beautiful day out on Sunday. We're going to go to yep. the grazing festival at Glenworth Valley, which will yeah. be great. Some live music, some family fun day, some Laura time. It'll be all all of the above. And mm-hmm. then also we're having dinner with beautiful Shannon. For my birthday. Yeah, like exactly a week after your birthday. We're drawing mm-hmm. it out. It must be done. Hey. Yep. <laughs> the week Very of the birthday. Yep. So I don't mind drawing it out. I think you have to. You get a week. Absolutely, especially at this age. Yeah, at this age, listen this, to you. At this age. <laughs> what are you going to say when you're 80? It'll be a month-long <laughs> celebration. I don't know. I went to the hairdressers on the day before my birthday and it's like having to go a whole different colour of blonde now because I am far more grey than I am any other colour. So it's uh-huh. just like, okay, we're we, we going to manage this situation. Wow. <laughs> it does look very shiny. <laughs> 
<laughs> from heat. <laughs> it's it, smokes and mirrors, baby. Smoke and mirrors. <laughs> bit of magic. That's all. Mm-hmm. Bit of magic. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel as though there was something else I had to ask you about. Mm, well, I just announced that I'm going back on tour. That's what it was. You've got a scary mm-hmm. tour. Yeah. So as I was saying to you over last week, I was so excited, like building this, building Sync and the new company was great and it has been great. But I, one of the things that I've been holding on to is being able to get back on tour to do live mediumship events. It's That's like right. waiting Spirit for that. Sessions. Yeah. Spirit sessions. It's been kind of like the saving grace of just being able to get out there and be with yeah. people again and put Very on a show yeah. and connect. Yeah. Mm. And you know, I love it. It's like my favorite thing to do. I mean, yeah. Well, we did that um, episode. Uh, I think it was the last episode of last season and it was heavily listened to mm. because we were about to one. do it and then it yeah. had to yeah. get canned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so as it got closer and closer and closer to finally organizing to be able to go back on tour again, I actually realized that the idea of doing it the way that I used to do it just wasn't floating the situation anymore. It was like, you know what? Mm, (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if I really want to hunt down a venue, hire a venue, sell tickets. I just, the, it's like the, the, um, the shiny object is gone. (laughs) It's like (laughs) dull now. So I went away with Matt, um, last weekend and we stayed in a place that um, is a original 1900s um, restored to its like proper original glory um, hotel, but it's a pub hotel slash, you know, whatever it wants to be kind of thing. It's an event situation and event function centre and stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's with me with the word situation. I think I've said it about 100 times tonight. I never say yeah. that word. Anyway, <laughs> apologies for the word situation. I'm going to try and stop. I don't it's know where it's situation. coming from. <laughs> Um, and it made me think about, um, how cool it would be to do an event there. And I was talking to the owners and lovely, lovely people. And I was like, do you ever do events here? And she's like, yeah, you know, we, we bought the place just before COVID. So we haven't really had a chance, but we do have wedding parties and stuff like that. And it's what we want to do. Um, and my my mind just started going tick tick tick, and spirit started joining in, and I'm, yeah. I and the whole time we were there for the two days, I was just like brainstorming, just to having it You're all inspired. come together, and Aww. yeah, and it's it's near um, a jail, um, like a jail where you can do haunted tours, and I and I was thinking it would be so cool if I could get everyone to come here stay the night we could go on a tour I could do a show and I'm like well that would have to be two nights how cool (laughs) would that be let's just do let's just do a two-night weekend um situation um where yeah where you know because I've I've floated that idea before COVID as well or even just after COVID the first time like would anyone want to go away and spend the weekend or a couple of days with me and you can pick my brain you know like I can connect you with your loved ones you can ask me questions I can teach you stuff like whatever like just full access you know like I'm just me I don't mind I just open myself up to be able to be with people who are interested yeah um and everyone loved it It was like me 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 so I thought okay well I'm gonna combine the two of it because I want to I want to be with people again but I don't want to be up on stage talking at people. I want to be yeah. with people. So the first date of tours have been released and it's going to be New South Wales is the first one or one New South Wales first and it's up at Maitland Bay Jail um, on the 26th of August to the 28th of August and we're going to stay in a hotel for two nights. Um, we'll do the tour on the Friday night of the jail and have dinner together on the Friday night have dinner together on the Saturday night, stay together in the hotel for the two nights. Um, I'm going to do, for the first time with the public ever, a channel medium event um, where I'll do mediumship but I will also channel. Um, So that'll be an experience because I've never done that with an audience before. Mm. Um, But that'll be fun. I'm up for it. You're obviously happy to do it, so that's good. You're Mm -hmm. ready. Yeah, um, we'll have some fun ghost hunting equipment to have with us and take with us. And the hotel that we're staying in is that original hotel that I mentioned, um, which 
is interesting <laughs> to say the least. It's very fucking spooky. Um, <laughs> it's great, but there. it's very spooky. Yeah, <laughs> set alarms <laughs> off and stuff. But you know, that's me. Um, yeah, so that's on August twenty sixth. Tickets are on sale now. Um, it is a proper like weekend away where it includes accommodation, two dinners, tour, and the show. Um, so it is a bit more on the expensive side, but it is for the people who are out for something like that. Um, yeah. Next on the list is going to be Adelaide. I'm going to go on Adelaide, Mount Gambier. I'm going to go over to Mount, Old Mount Gambier Jail. Um, Mel, for those of you who have listened to the episode where we had Mel on from Zenith, um, we're going to go and stay in the jail over there and I'll do a show in there. We'll do a tour and we'll spend the weekend together and, um, that'll be awesome because Mel is one of my sync um, coordinators. So everyone will get to meet her and get to know her. And I'm sure everyone feels kind of connected to Mel anyway. So that'll be really cool for everyone. Yeah. Um, we did an episode on Turns Out She's Psychic as well as an episode on Turns Out It's Haunted with Mel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with Old Mount Gambia Jail. Uh, and then next will be Victoria. Um, and then we'll come back up to New South Wales. And then I want to go over to WA. Uh, sorry, Tasmania, and then I'm going to go over to WA, and then we're going to go to Queensland, and then Northern Territory. That's the wow. plan. So yep. it's going to just be. I haven't got dates yet, but next after New South Wales is going to be South Australia, Victoria, Tassie. It's in your site. So get on it. Just go to my <laughs> website, tracydmc.com.au forward slash mediumship, um, and then it, you'll see each of the details there. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> goodness spooky yeah so it's great because it leads me into something very lovely that I've got for you today it's something a bit different isn't it something different yes Mm. so I got to my office on Saturday and I haven't been to my office much lately um thanks to dashy boy but um (laughs) is he not allowed there anymore no I wouldn't let him go he's an anxiety we are Oh, he would just yeah. piss on everything. Not a great idea. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> fair. Um, yeah, fair. So um, I went into my office and I checked my pigeonhole, even though I've been there for two years and I've never received mail there. I always get mail at my house, but I never get mail there. And there was something in my pigeonhole. And I was like, oh, that's my first pigeonhole package. That's and it cute. was a package. And I opened it up and it came from World of Books and it was just this book. And I'm thinking, that's random. I don't remember ordering this book, but it looks like a book that I would order. So maybe I did and maybe it's taken a long time to get here. <laughs> maybe I did and maybe I don't remember. Maybe <laughs> Stacy ordered this book. <laughs> ah, maybe Stacy did or maybe the spirits did. I don't know. But I, I am in a habit of ordering books and I do buy lots of books. And so who knows? <laughs> maybe it's just taken a long time. Um, but then I opened it up and there was a beautiful, sweet letter um inside from one of our listeners um so so I got a little present so what I thought I would do is introduce you to this beautiful book and read you one of the chapters called poltergeists yeah um wow but thank um, you to the listener for sending it yeah absolutely I'm going to read you that letter in a second and we'll give her a proper thanks okay um but we will pay full credit to the book, obviously, and the author and all of that kind of stuff because we're not trying to, you know, copyright and all that kind of stuff. But this book was first published in 1914. So it is a very Ooh, wow. old book that's been republished because it is, um, it's a, it's a good book. <laughs> and it even came with, cause it's a, it's a, um, like a, um, a seconds book, like a book from World of Books where you buy like books where people have given them back and you can buy them cheap and it came with um a raffle ticket inside from from Ireland um back in 2001 um someone's used it they're either they've won it or they've donated it to something a charity during the a raffle or something or they've used it as a bookmark I don't know but um our listener kept it in there um, what's really funny though is it's got some numbers written. I don't know if you can see that, Lara, but it's got some numbers oh, yeah. written on the back. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it was weird because when I pulled it out, I heard spirit say, turn it over. So I turned uh-huh. it over and I looked at the numbers. And what's really strange is that my grandmother used to always have things like this. My grandma Mary used to always have things like this inside of things. And then I would always just turn it over because she would always have numbers on the back. And I never understood what the numbers meant. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but then I remember 
one stage years ago thinking maybe it was her way of keeping a record of what page she was up to, like just in case like the okay. bookmark fell out or something, she'd written it on the bookmark what page she was up to. I don't know. Like I could never figure out why. So if anyone knows why people write numbers on the backs of bookmarks or <laughs> like maybe it's just something that's not random, maybe it's something people do. I don't know, but maybe. I don't do that and I read books all the time. Anyway, and spirit didn't correct you or spirit didn't say why to turn it over and look at the numbers? No, spirit just said turn it over. And then when I saw it, I straight away I just thought, oh, it's my grandma. Like, but I don't know if it was my grandma bringing this to me or not. I don't, I have no idea. I, I don't wow. know. I don't know. It so was just fun cool. though. I liked it. What's yeah. the name so of the book? The book? the book is called True Irish Ghost Stories, compiled by St. John D. Seymour and Harry L. Nelligan. And like I mentioned, it was published, first published in 1914 um, in Bristol. Um, and it is dedicated by the compilers and it's got <laughs> two W and then a line, J and then a line and G and then a line. So I'm not sure whether they weren't able to read the original names or mm. whether or not they've tried to keep them private. I don't know. Yeah, I'll just use the initial. Who knows? Yeah. So <laughs> I'm going to read a little note firstly. It says, I was listening to The Leap Castle and you mentioned this book and I felt compelled to buy it for you. <laughs> you may already have it, but now you have two. It's secondhand and it came with the raffle ticket. I left it inside for you. I have had a flick through it and it's pretty cool. You have mentioned on the podcast that you have loads of books, so sorry to add to the burden. <laughs> this would be a book we would keep in the loo, if you know what I mean, ha-ha. It's a small gesture to say thank you to you and the team behind the Turns Out podcasts. I adore the podcasts and they have really helped me through a lot of shite. Thank you. We will never, thank you will never be enough, to be honest. Happy reading, Lydia. Oh, beautiful. So Lydia is Irish. Bloody um, awesome. And she's only been living in, she lives in Australia, but she's only been living here for a little while. She brought her and her husband and a little girl over. Um, and they are huge fans of the podcast and and me. So they do a lot. Uh, Lydia does a lot with Sync, um, Raise Your Vibe. She did the Raise Your Vibe Boop Camp. Boop. I just called it a boop camp. Boop. Raise, it, raise Your Vibe Boop Camp. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so. Um, there is lots of chapters in this book, but I flicked straight through to Poltergeist chapter four. Of course you because did. Because I just thought, why not? <laughs> I'm gonna sneaky sneak one in for Laura because oh, I haven't cute. I'm yet to do a poltergeist episode or even a um uh what are they called? Portals to hell episode. Yeah. There's some good like ones, just... not portals to hell, but poltergeist episodes. There's some good ones on Oh, God. Now I can't even remember the name of the podcast. It's the one that Karina Machado does, Spirit Sisters. Oh, yeah. These in the past, yeah, not recent ones, but about 12 months ago, 18 months ago, she was interviewing people that had poltergeist um, experiences. Ugh. I haven't listened anyway. to that for ages. You just reminded me. I might go back to that and have a listen. There'd be some binge binging to yeah. be done, I think. She does loads of interviews with people experiencing uh, near-death sort of stuff. Mm. I think we've had this cool. chat before. <laughs> yeah, yeah her stuff's probably. always good because she interviews the people with the experiences. It's always good for listening. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Anywho. I do like her. She's a great interviewer. Mm. She's um, Okay, so th there's lots of different stories and, to be honest, they're quite mild, but um, I, I think they're mild. But I'm going to read them. <laughs> And it's good because it's like it's written in old Irish kind of style. So the way that they describe the men and the women and the, the living situations and things, it's it's just really <laughs> funny. So I just thought we'd do something different, a bit of storytelling for this, I love for it. this episode. Storytelling's Yay. great. I'm here for okay. it. So feel free to jump in and, <laughs> and ask questions, okay? <laughs> jump in or jump out. <laughs> so just a reminder, this book is, True Irish Ghost Stories, and it's Chapter 4, Poltergeists. Pulse oh, great stuff. <laughs> that, that was, was the a poltergeist, poltergeist taking over me. <laughs> yeah. Poltergeist is the term assigned to those apparently meaningless noises and movements of objects of which we, from time to time, hear accounts. The word is German and may be translated boisterous ghosts. Huh. 
A, pol- a poltergeist is never seen but contents itself with moving furniture and other objects about in an extraordinary manner, often contrary to the laws of gravitation. Sometimes footsteps are heard but nothing is visible, while at other times vigorous rappings will be heard either on the walls or floor of a room. And in the manner in which the raps are given, a poltergeist has often showed itself as having a close connection with the physical phenomena of spiritualism. For cases have occurred in which a poltergeist has given the exact number of raps mentally asked for by some person present. Another point that is worthy of note is the fact that the hauntings of a poltergeist are generally attached to a certain individual in a certain spot and thus differ from the operations of an ordinary ghost. So in this case, they're saying that poltergeists are intelligent, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, which associated spirits. with a person. Yeah, so a poltergeist is usually not associated to a place or an environment, but more so a person in an environment. And so if the person moves or goes to a different place, the poltergeist will follow them. There's no oh. point in leaving a house if you've got a poltergeist because it'll just follow you. Um, but quite often it'll take like a combination of things for the poltergeist to be able, like how I talked before about how um, you need kind of like the perfect environment for a spirit to be actually, to be able to do shit for you to see, like it's hard for them to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but um, a lot of spirits are intelligent. Like a lot of spirits can knock back and answer intelligently. It doesn't mean they're a poltergeist. Mm -hmm. So I just don't want people to think that every time that a, a spirit answers back intelligently that it's a poltergeist because it's not. Okay. The two following incidents related in this chapter are taken from a paper read by Professor Barrett RF, no, FRS, before the Society for Psychical Research. In the case of the first anecdote, he made every possible inquiry into the facts set forth, short of actually being an eyewitness of the phenomena. In the case of the second, he made personal investigation and himself saw the whole of the incidents related. There is therefore very little room to doubt the genuineness of either story. In the year 1910, in a certain house in Court Street, Enniscorthy, there lived a labouring man named Redman. His wife took in boarders to supplement her husband's wages. And at the time to which we refer, there were three men boarding with her who slept in one room above the kitchen. The house consisted of five rooms, two on the ground floor, of which one was a shop and the other a kitchen. The two other rooms upstairs were occupied by the Redmonds and their servants respectively. The bedroom in which the boarders slept was large and contained two beds, one at each end of the room, two men sleeping in one of them. John Randall and George Sinnott were the names of the two but the name of the third lodger is not known. That's because he's a pussy and he went away because he was scared. (laughs) He seems to have left the Redmonds very shortly after the disturbances commenced. See, told you. It was July 4th, 1910, that John Randall, who is a carpenter by trade, went to live at Enniscorthy and took rooms with the Redmonds. In a signed statement, now in possession of Professor Barrett, he tells a graphic tale of what occurred each night during the three weeks he lodged in the house. And as a result of the poltergeist's attentions, he lost three quarters of a stone in weight. Wow. I remember telling myself I should look up what that was before I did this, but I forget what it was. Oh, three quarters I, of I forgot a stone. To do it. Mm. Yeah, what's three quarters of a stone? I don't a stone know. is like, I don't know. We'll figure that out. We'll let you know. Yeah. Um, It was on the night of Thursday, July 7, that the first incident occurred when when the bedclothes were gently pulled off his bed. Of course, he naturally thought it was a joke and shouted to his companions to stop, and no one could explain what was happening. A match was struck and the bedclothes were found to be at the window from which the other bed, a large piece of furniture which ordinarily took two people to move, had been rolled just when the clothes had been taken off Randall's bed. Things were put straight and the light blown out, but Randall's account goes on to say, it wasn't long until we heard some hammering in the room, tap, tap, tap like. This lasted for a few minutes, getting quicker and quicker. When it got very quick, their bed started to move out across the room. We then struck a match and got the lamp. We searched the room thoroughly and could find nobody. Nobody had come in the door. 
We called the man of the house, Redman. He came into the room, saw the bed and told us to push it back and get into bed. He thought all the time one of us was playing the trick on the other. I said I wouldn't stay in the bed by myself, so I got in the bed with the others. We put out the light again and it had only been a couple of minutes out when the bed ran out on the floor with the three of us in it. Richard struck a match again and this time we all got up and put out put on our clothes. We had got a terrible fright and couldn't stick it any longer. We told the man of the house we would sit up in the room till daylight. During the time we were sitting in the room, we could hear footsteps leaving the kitchen and coming up the stairs. They would stop on the landing outside the door and wouldn't come into the room. The footsteps and noises continued through the house until daybreak. The next night, the footsteps and noises were continued, but the unfortunate men did not experience any other annoyance. On the following day, the men went home, and it is to be hoped they were able to make up for all the sleep they had lost on the two previous nights. They returned on the the Sunday, and from the night till they finally left the house, the men were disturbed practically every night. On Monday, the 11th of July, the bed was continually running out from the wall with its three occupants. They kept the lamp alight and a chair was seen to dance gaily out into the middle of the floor. On the following Thursday, we read of the same happenings with the addition that one of the boarders was lifted up out of the bed, though he felt no hand near him. It seems strange that they should have gone through such a bad night exactly a week from the night the poltergeist started his operations. So the account goes on, every night that they slept in the room, the hauntings continued, some nights being worse than others. On Friday, the 29th of July, the bed turned up on one side and threw us out on the floor. And before we were thrown out, the pillow was taken from under my head three times. When the bed rose up, it fell back without making any noise. The bed was so heavy, it took both the women and both the woman and the girl to pull it from the wall without anybody in it. And there were only three casters on it. The poltergeist must have been an assistant fellow for when the unfortunate men took refuge on the other bed, they had not been long in it before it began to rise but could not get out of the recess it was in unless it was taken to pieces. It kept very bad, we read. For the next few nights, Mr Murphy from the Guardian office and another man named Devereux came and stopped in the room one night. The experiences of Murphy and Devereux on this night are contained in a further statement signed by Murphy and corroborated by Devereux. They seem to have gone to work in a business-like manner as, before taking their positions for the night, they made a complete investigation of the bedroom and house so as to eliminate all chance of trickery or fraud. By this time, it should be noted, one of Mrs Redmond's lodgers had evidently suffered enough from the poltergeist as only two men are mentioned in Murphy's statement, one sleeping in each bed. The two investigators took up their positions against the wall midway between the two beds so that they had a full view of the room and their occupants of the beds. The night, says Murphy, was a clear starlight night. Not bl- no blind obstructed the view from outside and one could see the outlines of the beds and their occupants clearly. At about 11.30, a tapping was heard close at the foot of, of Randall's bed. My companion remarked that it appeared to be like the noise of rat eating timber. Sinnott replied, you'll soon see the rat it is. The tapping went on slowly at first, then the speed gradually increased to about 100 or 120 per minute, the noise growing louder. This continued for about five minutes. When it stopped suddenly, Randall then spoke. He said, the clothes are slipping off my bed. Look at them sliding off. Good God, they are coming off me. Mr. Devereux immediately struck a match, which he had ready in his hand. The bedclothes had partly left the boy's bed, having gone diagonally towards the foot, going out on the left corner. And not alone did they seem to be drawn off the bed, but they appeared to be actually going back under the bed, much in the same position one would expect bedclothes to be if a strong breeze were blowing through the room at the time. But then everything was perfectly calm. A search was then made for wires or strings, but nothing of the sort could be found. The bedclothes were put back on and the light extinguished. For 10 minutes, silence reigned, only to be broken by more rapping, which was followed by shouts from Randall. He was told to hold on to the clothes, which were sliding off again. But this was of little use, for he was heard to cry, I'm going, I'm going, I'm gone. And then when a light was struck, he was seen to slide from the bed and all the bedclothes with him. Oh my Randall, God. who we'd seen it, 
had shown considerable strength of mind by staying in the house under such trying circumstances, had evidently had enough of ghostly hauntings, for as he lay on the floor trembling in every limb and bathed in perspiration, he exclaimed, Oh, isn't this dreadful? I can't stand it. I can't stay here any longer. (laughs) He was eventually persuaded to get back to the bed. Later on, more rapping occurred in a different part of the room, but it soon stopped and the rest of the night passed away in peace. Randall and Sinnott went to their homes the next day and Mr Murphy spent from 11 till long past midnight in their vacated room but heard and saw nothing unusual. He states in conclusion that Randall could not reach that part of the floor from which the rapping came on any occasion without attracting my attentions and that of my comrade. The next case related by Professor Barrett occurred in County Feminarch. Stop. At a spot 11. Stop. One stone equals 6.35 kilograms. So you said he lost half a stone? Mm, He lost um, three quarters. Oh, okay. Right. It's about like four kilos. Yeah. Within a what? Three-week period that he was staying with them? Yeah. Not bad. Go and hang out with a poltergeist. It's a new weight loss. <laughs> Would you like me to send night? one to you? Would you like me to bring one in for you? No, I'm, all, I'm good. I'm all good. Thanks so much. So, <laughs> so thoughtful. Um, there's a few different ones in here, and I was just thinking I've realised that that one just started, but I wanted to read um, one that's towards the end. Um, that... Um, so Lock Cotton. Um, oh God, what's the name of the castle? I was looking it up last night. Um, oh. In there, I was trying to see whether or not these houses still um, exist. Yeah. In Ireland to see whether or not you can go. Um, and there is this. Um, place like county or something I don't know what it's called um where there is this the most famous Irish um castle that you can go to um actually it's not a castle it's like a manor um Uh but it appears to have it's not the same place but it appears to be in the same suburb um or suburb I don't know what it's called like a county area (laughs) it's called Loch Con so I might read I might read this one because this was this was a good one. Okay. Mm. The village of Scotch Fort lies about 4 miles in the south of Ballina and herein reside an aunt and uncle of the subscriber on a farm by the shores of Loch Con purchased some 38 years ago. There was a thatched cottage on the farm and previous to my uncle purchasing it it was owned by Corleys a family comprising eight daughters all of whom died in the house inside 2 years. Crikey. Each in turn, no, no, each in turn started to pine and after lingering for a couple of months passed away. Immediately the last one had crossed the bourne, the father dejected, downcast, almost demented at the calamity that had befallen his family, sold the place, and the consensus of opinion all over the parish was that the good people took away the Corley family. What a sentence for starters. Like, yep. How's the writing? But calamity. You know what I found funny? That, that word is not calamity. Used nearly. Do you enough. know what I found funny though? It was almost like someone like random came in to have to fill in the blanks because it's like, okay, immediately the last one had crossed the bourne. The father dejected, downcast, almost demented at the calamity that had befallen his family, comma, sold the place, comma. <laughs> it sounds like a screenplay. It sounds like a script, like. You know, it a, does. Des- a description Describing. of what should be happening. <laughs> yeah, I know. Sold the place. It's just yeah. like it's instead of saying, you Next know, scene. like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, this but belief was strengthened. God. Yeah, I know. That all died in two years. Can you imagine? And well, how old were they? Like they must have been mm. old enough for them to, for there to be eight of them. I don't know. Crazy. So. This belief was strengthened by the fact that the house is surrounded by six forts and my own experience leads me to believe the house was haunted, whatever haunted means. 
My uncle and aunt, however, got into possession and it was then that the fun appeared to commence. Night after night when the family retired from work, washing, cooking, etc., commenced slamming of doors, cleaning of pots, pans and other utensils. Nobody in the house could sleep, nor could anybody fathom the uncanny happenings. Every morning the kitchen was scrupulously clean or wretchedly dirty in whichever condition it was left the previous night. So I think the the ghosts were either messing up the kitchen if it was clean or cleaning it if it was messy. I'd leave it messy for sure. (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? It's like, really? (laughs) My grandmother, who has long since gone to her reward, several times rose and went to see what was going on or who were the performing artists, but except on a few occasions to see figures spectre-like moving about, she succeeded in making no further revelation. This I often heard her say, and at this stage of her life, I will refrain from doing injustice to the dear departed. (laughs) This guy is hilarious in the way that he writes. I love it how he says, like, long since gone to her reward. Yeah. I've never that heard that before. Giggle. I, well, it's mm. really cute. Mm. I once went on holidays to this haunted or enchanted region. Decide on the appellation yourself. But my stay was cut short. And the following morning with bag and baggage, I was bidding day-day to the scene and surroundings <laughs> and I did not go back since, nor have I now the slightest inclination to do so. <laughs> oh, no. When you what hear... Happened? When you hear you may convict me of romancing, but I am not. Oh, no, sir, you do not romance at all. And the subsequent vacation, no, and the subsequent vacation of the house will go to prove my statements. I had heard something about the noises and ructions that used to rattle the house at night after the family retiring, but to be candid, I did not believe a word of it. I went to bed and had not long to wait until the nightly racket started. Such walloping around the kitchen, firing and breaking of delf, slamming of doors, knocking of pots and pans together, I never heard before. I was sleeping with a first cousin named Hegarty. No. <laughs> right. <laughs> and the- Sorry. And- well, I've, have you pictured this voice as a male speaking yes. this or a female? Yeah, male. me too. And then when I read that, I was like, hang on a minute, maybe it's a female and maybe she's sleeping with her first cousin, Hegarty. Anyway, I don't know. And the first ghoulish gunnery about one o'clock almost turned me inside out. Oh, wow. I momentarily expected some dreadful fee for fum to pull me out of bed. <laughs> I wondered if it was in the jigs or rats or what I or what I was, and at once gave a nudge to Hegarty. Ah, go and get sleep, man, he said. So it's a man. Ah. They're just commencing now. Oh God. Sleep. Uh-oh. I instant uh, instantaneous death from fright was more like it. <laughs> Shaking like an aspen leaf, I was not the size of a three-penny bit under the blanket, perspiring freely with the crop in my cranium standing erect as the hair in a toothbrush. Oh, my God. I prayed and prayed. In fact, I recited all the prayers from the key of heaven down to butler's penny-sized catechism, while walloping after wallop in the kitchen made syllables and semisyllables of the words on my tongue stagger about like a drunken man. Wow. I thought I would wake up dead. This person's After an three artist. hours or so. Huh? This person's an artist. I know, right? After three hours or so, there was a cessation of hostilities and Hegarty, who had been snoring the entire time, turned over on his side, yawned, and after listening a moment, remarked, They must be gone. I tried to help him with the devil go along with them, but my (laughs) organs of speech failed me. Next morning, the kitchen was the same as it had been left the previous night. Mass was offered up several times in this house by my uncle, Reverend Canon E. Timlin P.P., and other clergymen, but nothing seemed capable of silencing the noise. And at his dictation and partly at his cost, my aunt decided to leave the place and on another farm erect their present residence at great expense. The old house is now down and it is a known fact that no person in the neighbourhood or district will go near it 
or into the yard after eight or nine o'clock at night. Wow. So is that where you want to visit if you ever make it over there? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Organs of speech failed me. That was, um, wow. He's a good writer and it's just like who could be talking about poltergeists and, and romance at the same time like that? People who just, that's just the way they spoke, I'm guessing. I don't know. <laughs> but also with that first story, the amount of times that you read out bedclothes, initially I thought mm. it was the pyjamas were getting stripped off and same. then I realised it was sheets. just the sheets and blankets, the clothes mm-hmm. that the bed was wearing, so cute. <laughs> I think it's the clothes that the beds were wearing. Yeah, because it's the bed clothes. And that's why, like, it's when you the... strip the bed, you're stripping the clothes off the bed. <laughs> I love that. Well, when you say it like that, I have to concur. However, <laughs> it's However, not the what? bed's clothes. It's the yeah. bed clothes, not the bed's clothes. It's the bed clothes. <laughs> yeah, so it's not the bed's yeah. clothes. Well, by it's difference, like, Laura, the bed owns Laura the clothes. clothes. Laura clothes or Laura's clothes. Yeah. But the doesn't the bed doesn't own the clothes. But it's on <laughs> no. it. It could. Yeah. I a think it means like it clothes, clothes you. When you're in bed though, it clothes you. Yeah. Oh, that's true. And but when you said you strip the bed, that yep. totally means that the bed's naked. And it's, it's so bed clothes. Does. It's the bed's clothes. Yeah. Case in I'm case glad proven. We, yep, even though I didn't know there was an open case. But. <laughs> <laughs> so random. random. You keep flipping. Have you got one more? One last one. Oh, there's a Are few in here. It's just they're fun. You're so funny. I love the language you write. Like that. I know. Era, it's nuts. It is, and like it's original from the 1914. I love how they haven't adapted it. It's just kept the same. Yeah. But in this yeah. book, and maybe we'll bring it back every now and then, but in this book there's um, there's the chapters are um, haunted houses in or near Dublin, haunted houses in Con's Half, haunted houses in Mog's Half, poltergeists, haunted places, apparitions at or after dark, Banshees and other death warnings, Yikes. miscellaneous supernormal experiences, legendary and incest and ancestral ghosts, and mistaken identities. But I thought well, banshees and other death warnings would be another cool little episode that we could do. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. But I will get you to put. Um, the in the show notes, the book, and do the proper accreditation. Um, yep. But what I found reading through this and like flicking through it and looking at all the different stories is that in a lot of them, and I was just I was trying to find just then in the um, poltergeists one. Um, it's funny how nearly everyone that talks or is is sharing their story, they make reference to fairies. So mm. they think that it's fairies, not ghosts. So oh. in Ireland, they, their go-to is fairies, not ghosts. Yeah, it's pretty big in the so it's like, floor, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so he, like, one of them talks about, like, and um, I thought it was fairies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought it was fairies, but this was no fairies. It's just like, okay, so fairies is okay. Like, okay, we're going to go with fairies. <laughs> None of it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> the fae folk. Um, but because they're mischievous, yeah, you know, like, so when the poltergeists are doing certain activities or whatever, they think that it's, um, the fairies, the mischievous part of it. However, correct me if I'm wrong, is a poltergeist, it's not, uh, that well intended, right? It's a bit more, not nefarious. Malevolent. Yeah. 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 Poltergeists are usually just shit-stirrers. Yeah. No. They're not at all. They they will do whatever they can to bleed you of your energy. Like they will just Negative. suck you dry and they don't care if you die. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So 
poltergeists and being, um, pos- I was going to say obsessed, being possessed kind of sometimes go hand in hand. Ah. Okay. And um, that compulsion pol- to not leave either because they, yeah. they're keeping you there with that compulsion. Yep, correct. <sighs> I'm so glad I know someone like you. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> I feel so safe that if something like that were to happen to me, you'd be on it. <laughs> well, I'd know about it. Not if yeah. I'd be on it, I'd know about it. I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's just a poltergeist. Now fucking run. <laughs> that's just... <laughs> Yeah, funny. It's, po- it's, like, it's like you with your whole, yes, that's a medical emergency. It'll be yeah. me. Yes, that's a poltergeist. And you'll be oh, like, okay. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> when really I'm shitting there, like shitting there. Really I'm sitting there <laughs> shitting there. Don't shit here. Not unless that actually is proven to get rid of poltergeists. Hey, like I, just because I know about it and I know what they are and I can sense them and I can feel them and I can do all that stuff, it doesn't mean I want to be with them. But you might be able to uh, find someone who could using connections in the industry, that sort of thing. Well, we still need to do our modern exorcist um, book review and and episode and we need to get her on the podcast, I reckon. Oh, that'd be nice. That'd be super cool. That's what I was going to say earlier on at the start of the episode was that um, our beautiful florist by the graveyard from last week got back in Mm. touch via email. She was stoked with the episode and um, we're invited down there to make a bouquet or a flower crown or have a beautiful session. And she has a mat. She's married to a mat. Of course she is. So cool. What are the chances? There's so many mats. Mm. And, um, yeah, and she was just amazed at how, like, spot on you were and how I think she wrote something to the effect of it's amazing how well Tracy can put words to exactly her experiences and what the sort of messages that she was trying to convey, although I think she did a pretty good job herself. But she did sort of pass on that feedback, like I can't believe how well Tracy was able to just understand everything I was trying to get at and all of that. Turns out. (laughs) So thank you so much. Glad you enjoyed that episode. And um, do you have any finishing words? I just had one last topic or. Mm, No, do we have any new Patreons? Oh, my bad. Haven't looked. <laughs> I've, I'm, it's It's been a week as usual, but what I wanted to talk about was um, every Sunday on, on Instagram, I draw a couple of cards for the week. And so this Sunday just gone was two cards that came out and I thought it was good time because we're sliding into winter. And I know on the weekend you had like a season sink over at sync and you were talking about winter and, and whatnot. And the cards that came up were growth and nourishment. And I thought that was a really good sort of topic mm. and a reminder for anyone um, who's maybe not on Instagram to think about how um, how those areas of growth and nourishment are uh, sitting in your life this week, really, as we're midway through the week now, as this, um, if anyone's listening, you know, on the, on the Wednesday that it gets released, if those two topics, how are they in your week right now? How are you setting yourself up for either winter or summer? Cause they're, you know, polar opposites, uh, wherever we are in the world and it's either go time or slow time. And it's a good opportunity at the start of the season to think about your growth cycle in that season. And you're either slowing down or speeding up and that will indicate to you of your needs if you haven't thought about it in that way. It's a good opportunity to tap into all of that. Oh, Dashie's just appeared on Tracy's camera. God, he's cute. <laughs> so anyway, so I just wanted to um, do a little reminder of the cards of the week every Sunday and it's since this comes out on a Wednesday, I thought it's a good opportunity to remind anyone that's playing along with that how how it's sitting. Mm, yeah. And I remember when you first started to wanting to do that and you didn't know how to use the Instagram posting. Oh, And you've come such a long way now. Like, (laughs) (laughs) it's like full profesh. (laughs) There's not much professional about me, (laughs) but it's fun. I have fun. You do. It looks cute. I like it. I always like on a Sunday, I look at it and I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) 
It's actually a good little exercise as well, you know, learning so much about even doing this podcast and the whole, you know, tapping into my own intuition and pulling cards. And I've gone from thinking, oh, I can't do that. How on earth could I do that to just allowing it to happen rather than thinking that it can't? So Anyone can do it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, you're and right. I, I love that. I love that. And so now you're much. doing sister circles and Reiki. Like, what, yep. who even are you? I know. And it's just, it always amazes me, um, which is, it's hilarious that it still amazes me, but it's so refreshing that this, the minute you stop, oh, yeah, the minute you stop resisting something and the minute you just let things happen, like how actually easy it is. <laughs> Grace and ease, baby. Grace it's and so ease. so funny. Yeah, it's really weird. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, so I thought that would be a lovely thing just to end on as well to see how they're sitting with everybody and, yeah. I think it's a great point. Mm. Great I loved point. those cards, growth mm. and nourishment. They go yeah, so well together. Timely. Yeah, seasonal. And they I do. quite look at, I look back at the cards that I have pulled sometimes especially at the end of the week and going, gosh, they were good cards. <laughs> <laughs> they were spot on. Turns out. Turns out I can pull a card. Turns out. <laughs> so funny. Anyway, we hope you guys have enjoyed this little bit of a different mashup of an episode. We like keeping it mixed up and I love Something that reading. Different. Thanks so yeah. much to our listeners. For and the if you've book. got any like really cool old stuff, let me know about it so I can check it out. Because I just think it's it's so like um, innocent. Yeah, yeah. You know, like they're not doing it for a show. They're not doing it to, you know, back then you, you would have been thought of as a witch. Like you, you're not going to go and say something if it's not actually happening. Yeah, so, well, they had to get witnesses in and signed statements and mm-hmm. uh, make sure there's no wires. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I love all this kind of stuff. So, Lydia, thank you so much. I love it. Love it so much that I said to Lara, I'm hijacking this episode and I'm going to read from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we might do a um, Banshees and other death warnings episode. Maybe if it's just half an episode one day, we can add it into something else. Yeah. Day soon. Coming up. All right, folks, until next week, we'll catch you later. Yeah. Have a great week, everyone. Yeah. Bye. Bye. We love reading Turns Out She's Psychic to you each week at no cost. So if you like what you hear, please consider supporting the show by donating to our Patreon. We are a small operation researching, coordinating and producing the show ourselves. Any amount is sincerely appreciated and helps offset the costs of making the show. As a thank you, we'll send you out some Tosby tattoos. We'll give you a Patreon shout-out on the podcast. There's a monthly live Q&A, competitions and giveaways, as well as special book and movie review bonus episodes. For more details, please click the link in the show notes. Of course, if you want to get in touch, send us an email at tospsychic at gmail.com we welcome your ghost stories and any questions that you have for myself or tracy and we'd love it if you left a review and shared the podcast with your friends and family and give us a follow on insta at turns out underscore she's psychic bye-bye bye